Now, Mr. Mkunu, uh, last week the SABC met that ICASA ruling with a lot of resistance, uh, saying that they were going to challenge it. And uh, now the sudden backtrack. Uh, what has brought about this new development? Just a bit of background um, to explain it. On the 24th, there was a hearing on the 24th of June. And then on the 11th of July, uh, which was on a Monday, I think, the CASA announced that it had made a decision to um, order the SABC to withdraw the statement. But when we then got hold of the actual, what was supposed to be the decision, we realized that it was actually the a judgment or recommendation of the uh, Complaints and Compliance Committee of the ICASA, which is a recommendation directed to the Council of ICASA to make a particular order, which order would then be sent to the SABC as a binding order. So the challenge at the beginning, maybe it was more for clarification than really a challenge from a legal point of view, in the sense that when we looked at the order, at the recommendation, the recommendation specifically says on its own terms, it's a recommendation to the Council of ICASA, and um, then the wording is, is, is stated there. For example, it says, the Council in terms of Section 17E of the ICASA Act directs the South African Broadcasting Corporation to withdraw its resolution as, as, as contained in its statement of 26 May 2016. Um, and then it says, if the above recommendation as an order is accepted by, by the Council, the wording of the order of the ICASA Council may then read as follows. In A, it says the Council of ICASA directs the South African Broadcasting Corporation to withdraw its resolution as published in its statement of 26 May 2016. Uh, it states what that statement says, <clears throat> and then it says that must happen with immediate effect <clears throat> and retrospectively. But B, it then says the chairperson of the board of the SABC must confirm in writing to the Council via the Office of the Coordinator of the Complaints and Compliance Committee within seven calendar days from the date on which the order is emailed to the chairperson of the board of the SABC that the above resolution was taken as ordered. So this is the judgment of the committee, which is the uh, a committee, it's a statutory committee of ICASA. Now, this was sent to the SABC without an accompanying order of the council itself, um, and it's actually directed not to the SABC but to the Council. So we're saying, can we then receive the order of the ICASA so that the SABC can comply with it? The review would have emanated from the fact that it wasn't clear at the time that the order had in fact been made by the Council because the Council of ICASA would have had to have a separate uh, meeting which would have been convened uh, properly. Um, and on a particular date, which would be different from the date on which the committee that made the recommendation would have, would have set. Um, and on that basis, we requested on the 15th, um, after having studied the judgment, that we realize that the judgment is, is, is in fact a recommendation to the council. Can we then receive the order of the council approving the, the, the recommendation? Um, on the 15th, we then obtained from the ICASA what was the announcement which was made by the chairperson of or the um, acting chairperson of the ICASA on Monday the 11th. That was just an announcement of the order and the 
judgment of the of the of the CASA as contained in this recommendation. We again said the, the announcement didn't again to read together with the judgment still didn't seem to be the order itself. So on the 18th at about uh, 18 uh, after six in the evening, we re- we then obtained the actual order, which uh, was signed by the cha- the acting chair, all the members of the council or most of them. Uh, it specifically says council resolution, and it states exactly what was uh, expected to be stated therein, and it's dated 11 July. After that, the FAPC was then able to sit down, and we got instructions to uh, advise the council that uh, FAPC had considered the statement, uh, had considered the order of the council of the council, and would comply with it. So what does that mean? What is going to happen now, um, not only in terms of broadcasting, but also in terms of the people, uh, the eight journalists who were fired by the SABC? Maybe let's deal with the first question relating to the order itself. Now that the order has been accepted, uh, has been made available to the SABC, and the SABC has advised the council that it will abide uh, by the order, that basically completes the matter, the complaint that had been submitted to the ICASA. There is no, as far as we have been instructed, there is no review application that the SABC expects to send to, I mean, expects to bring to court on the basis of this um, uh, judgment. So that completes that part of the matter. So the complaint by the media monitoring and other parties has been concluded, and the SABC is not reviewing but only the, the other matter is a separate matter. We are not uh, involved in that um, matter. It is in the labor court, as I understand, this morning. But it's a slightly separate matter from this matter that we were dealing with. Um, the matter of the employees, I think, is, is, is being handled or is dealt with uh, in the labor court uh, this morning. And what about... This, this moves further to the... Um, this is related, in fact, to the matter that was in court in Pretoria yesterday. So, at this point, the SABC, have they written to ICASA to confirm in writing that they will abide by this request? The SABC has, in fact, yesterday written to the ICASA, specifically stating in no uncertain terms that it has considered the terms of the order of the Council of ICASA and um, will abide by that order. Is that an admission, therefore, that the SABC was wrong and that uh, the decision uh, was, in fact, one that was unlawful and unconstitutional, not to show that footage? Sorry, let me just explain it this way. uh, There's been a a debate about whether this related to the policy of the SABC, the editorial policy, or the statement of the 26th. The SABC's contention in its papers is that the statement is not a policy, but it's an editorial decision, which is an operational matter within the SABC. It doesn't touch on the policy of the SABC, and the SABC has its editorial powers of discretion, which is exercised or is to be exercised in in accordance with the Constitution, the Broadcasting Act, the PCCSA Code, uh, its own licenses and the like. That is not in contention, and uh, there is no um, challenge against that by any party at this point in time. So the SABC maintained, or has maintained all along that, like any other media house, it has a role or it has a discretion and it has a responsibility or obligation to um, ensure that its news 
is in fact edited. Um, the coverage happens, but the news has to be edited before it's broadcast. And, and so the issues that have been dealt with, the argument that it had maintained, was that the broadcasting of news has, has not been challenged. And if you look at the ICASA, I mean the ICASA order, it doesn't say to the SABC, uh, stop broadcasting in the manner you do, uh, change it in this or that fashion. All it says is, specifically, withdraw the, um, the, the recommendation says, uh, re- re- withdraw the statement of 26 May 2016 retrospectively, as if it was not made. But it doesn't go further and say that um, there is something wrong with the way in which you, pro- you are currently broadcasting your news. That would be a separate matter altogether. And with regard to the settlement with the Helen Suzman Foundation, what exactly did the SABC settle on? The that challenge again um, is divided into, into two, was divided into two parts. There was a part A and a part B. In part A, the Helen Susman Foundation, just to uh, quote a little, it says, pending the final determination of part B of this application, alternatively pending the final determination of the current proceedings before ICASA, it then says SABC must be interdicted from not showing footage of the following. And, and those things include peaceful protest or demonstration, any peaceful or violent uh, protest or demonstration against uh, service delivery, etc., etc. Et now, when we went to court uh, yesterday, it was clear at the time we already had instructions from the SABC that it had already considered the order of the ICASA, which it didn't have until Monday, the 18th, and that it would abide by that order. Now, just from what I was reading earlier now, this case of the Helen Sussman Foundation was linked largely to that statement that if the SABC w- were to abide by that statement, or by the order of the ICASA, this matter would actually come to an end. So one of the issues that were raised outside of court by way of settlement with the foundation was that this matter had become academic and there was no more need to go to court for uh, to, to argue the points that were being raised. Um, now, after discussions with, uh, between our senior counsel and the parties involved, all the parties came to a conclusion that this matter could, in fact, be, be, be allowed to settle because the issues, again, that are tabulated and listed in the application, in any event, are issues that the SABC is, as we understand, covering, or these are issues that fall within its editorial policy and are being covered as we speak. But obviously subject always to the um, uh, statutory provisions or uh, the, the, the legal prescripts that are applicable to the SABC like any other media house. Now, the, 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 the settlement is therefore specifically subject to the following, that as long as the SABC is able to exercise its editorial discretion, and that is being exercised in accordance with the Constitution, the Broadcasting Act, the, um, the, 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 the licenses that apply to it as issued by CASA, the PCCSA code, and any other applicable statutory provision that is applicable to the SABC. The SABC will then abide by, in addition, the, the list of things that the uh, foundation wanted, the ones that are mentioned earlier, like peaceful or violent uh, protest or demonstration against service delivery and, and the like. But these are issues that are being covered. What they wanted was footage of um, 
uh, of um, uh, the banning of buildings. But the, 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 the SABC policy says the showing of, those, of, of that kind of footage has to have a link to the story or that, is being co- that is being developed. In other words, there must be a contextual, li- contextual link between footage and, 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 and the story that is being covered. Mm. So, Mr. Titus Mkono, I tell you what, let's park it there because this is by no means the end of the story because uh, the second part of the application by the Helen Sussman Foundation wants the decision uh, set aside as unlawful and unconstitutional. And unfortunately, we can't get into that uh, in any great detail right now. But, of course, the SABC ate uh, the journalists who were um, uh, dismissed from the SABC. Uh, there will be a court appearance for four of them this morning uh, and that will be televised not sure which uh, channels will be carrying it but it will be televised and uh, the story continues we leave it there with the SABC's lawyer Titus Mpunu